Welcome to Challenging Christianity. I'm your host, Rebecca Kinnestrand. Do you consider yourself spiritual but non-religious? Agnostic. Or maybe you grew up in a church but don't believe what you were taught there anymore. This podcast exists in that space between all-in or all-out religion. Join us in asking questions that challenge the notions of Christianity. Hi, welcome to Challenging Christianity. I'm Rebecca Kinnestrand, your host, and Daniel Dadashi is next to me, my co-host. And today we have in-house Pastor Katie McCollum Saki. Soxy. Soxy. <laughs> Shoot. It's just so hard. I, know. I don't know why. It's okay. I'm so glad you you uh, corrected me. So Pastor Katie, as she will now be henceforth known, mm-hmm. <laughs> is um, here to talk to us about women in Christianity, I guess, women in the church. And, you know, this is a big topic. Yes. So we're not going to cover it all in the 15 minutes. We're going to come back to this one. But yes. we're just going to try here to um, get just a little bit of a handle on it. I want to tell you all listening and write to us. Tell us your thoughts mm-hmm. on this. So Challenging Christianity Podcast at gmail.com. It's on the website, challengingchristianity.org. We want to hear questions from you. And we can then address them later. So I'll just kick this off by saying that, as the listeners know, if they've been listening, I grew up in Roman Catholic. So we didn't even have this question of women being in leadership, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, not to disparage. I mean, nuns sure were in leadership, especially in the schools and that kind they, of thing. They run those churches. They run okay. those places, right. But you know what I'm saying, like the the figurehead and so on. So. Mm-hmm. Just even going into a church where a woman was at the front was a big new thing for me as a young adult. And it begs the question for me as far as, well, not just for me, but I hear this in general about people saying, well, look at Christianity. I mean, Jesus and the 12 disciples and all these men, and yeah, you get a virgin thrown in there, you know, (laughs) for good measure, but (laughs) the Virgin Mary, but what about this appeals to women? Because everybody that I met on my journey and through new age work and that kind of thing, you know, they're drawn to Wiccan or, you know, some sort of other really female based um, religion that, that reminds them of them that they can share that experience with. Well, we, we seek to find out, find narratives and stories that we relate to. And as women, it can be hard to find those in the kind of televangelist world or in the world of Christianity that we see in the media so often. Yeah, in the media or in the churches even. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can tell me how many, you know, what percentage of women actually get to the pastor level. So I'm going to turn it over quickly to Pastor Katie to inform us. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. This is fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, part of the question for me is that kind of is, is patriarchy baked into Christianity in such a way that you cannot get away from it. Right. Apart from the fact that patriarchy is just baked into everything that, well, almost everything (laughs) that humans do. So to a certain extent, sure, any human institution is probably patriarchal or has been. Right. And that's true. Um, You know, currently in the ELCA, which is really the only denomination on which I have any kind of statistical handle at all. And tell us what that is. Slim, yeah. Yeah. The Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, which Hmm. is the church that I'm a part of by serving. And it's Lutheran. It's Lutheran. There's three big Lutheran bodies in the United States. The ELCA, which is about four million people and is the most liberal. That's the only one that ordains women. Wow. Then there's the Missouri Synod 
and the Wisconsin Synod, which go further to the right as you go there. So Missouri and then Wisconsin. Wow, okay. They do not ordain women. And in fact, those denominations tried to merge in the mid-80s, and it fell apart largely over the ordination of women. Wow. So women have been ordained in the Lutheran pre predecessor bodies since 1970. That was the year that women were ordained as Lutherans in the United States. Huh. In some global partner churches in um, Scandinavia, they've been ordained since 1950. I think in Sweden since yeah. 1950. You know, I which, say yeah, like I know. Yeah, right. I know <laughs> that that was so. Yeah, what was well, it? I feel what like Swedish are progressive, right? <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. Like yeah, anything the Swedes. You gotta love done. the Swedes. Yeah. So great. So so yeah, it, it, that's a relatively recent development in terms of human history here. Yes. I mean, I mean, yay for the Lutherans, but that's what forty-eight years. That's not that long. Yeah. So when you think about the generations that have grown up seeing women in the pulpit. That's not right. It's not, not that so many. many. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's all kinds of ways in which, at, at this point, at least a minimum of 50% of the current Lutheran seminary students in the ELCA are women. Mm -hmm. That takes a long time to catch up to the, like, you know, rank and order right. <laughs> of Lutheran pastors. At the moment, we have lots of Lutheran women serving as pastors in the United States where we still get that. Um, and I'm not making this up, people call it this, the stained glass ceiling, where you still wow. get it is in a couple places. One is larger congregations where women might be called as a senior pastor. That's mm -hmm. sometimes a like, oh, we like to have a woman pastor on staff, but we're not right. sure we want yeah. her to be totally in charge. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. Uh -huh. Or churches where there's more than one pastor, having two men never bothered anybody, but having two women is like, well, well who are the men going to relate to, right? right. Oh, what well, it? Nobody asked the women. Nobody asked the women. <laughs> like, we haven't had them for right? Right. centuries. So yeah. it's that kind of, wasn't it? It's Ruth Bader Ginsburg, right, who's been asked how many women is too many on the Supreme Court. And she's like, well, when we get to nine, let me know. <laughs> you know? So it's not really a problem. <laughs> right, it's so, not a problem. So it's catching up. It's getting there. But I think the question for lots of, people and a le very legit one really is but is christianity just inescapably patriarchal and where are the women right well and where are the women but moreover if you have an i think with the listeners who are either non-church spiritual non-religious or they've gone away from the church that they grew up in where do would you fit in if you have you know feminist leanings or even just you know these ideas and you have spiritual you know a self within you why Christianity? What, sure. Why? Well, some of that, I think, comes back to the Bible. So I will proudly claim myself as both a Lutheran Christian and a raging feminist. <laughs> so I don't think those are incompatible, but they certainly do bump up against each other from time to time. Um, part of that for me is going back to what what's actually in the Bible and not what people think is in the Bible. Right. Yes. So even in the Old Testament, you really get some striking stories of women being included or named um, in ways that are actually, you know, it, look, it's the Bible's a product of its various times. And mm -hmm. of course, it's a lot of patriarchy in there. But mm -hmm. you get flashes of some really remarkable uh, inclusion of women. So it's incredible when it was being put together at that time. Yeah. Right? In that time that they even included women at all. Exactly. Right? So when you go all the way back to the story of Abraham and Sarah and Hagar, there's a whole history there with those two women, and you can see how a patriarchal system has set them up against each other, mm -hmm. kind of leaves Abraham to do his thing, um, <laughs> which happens a lot with 
patriarchy. But anyway, Mm -hmm. but even the fact that God says, look, this promise isn't just for Abraham. I need Sarah. And not just any in some some womb, right? Like I need Sarah. Mm. Without Sarah, this thing doesn't work. Hmm. Now there are some painful consequences for Hagar, which are interesting to talk about. But just that, (laughs) if you don't know these stories, just yeah, listen along. Right, we'll come come back right and ask us a question. We can come back to that one, right? Yeah, the question. Oh, we can come. We'll do Abraham and Sarah. Oh, that would be super interesting. Yeah. How much time do you have? Anyway, (laughs) so um, so so women are included in ways that are are pretty stunning. The story of Ruth mm-hmm. is a huge, has become one of my mo- most favorites over the last couple of years. There's some fascinating pieces in it about immigration um, and migration and who counts and who's noticed. But this, the heroes of that story are, are two women, Ruth and Naomi, who mm-hmm. are mother-in-law and daughter-in-law. Mm-hmm. And you can't get to either King David, who is key for the Old Testament, and for Christians, you can't get to Jesus without Ruth. No Ruth, no David. No mm. David, no Jesus. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's a tiny little story in there, but it really... It was included. It was included. And it's mm-hmm. in a, it is a, it's a hinge story. If you don't have it, the door doesn't open. So mm. I think it's really, we, we've kind of skated over those stories. There, are there a ton of them? No. Mm-hmm. But when they're there, they say some pretty powerful things. The same mm-hmm. thing is true in the New Testament, right? So... So yeah, you definitely have Mary, who I think, I think you're exactly right. We've thought of her for a variety of reasons as the Virgin Mary. Which we find is not exactly true, perhaps. Yes, more on that later. <laughs> yeah, more on that Email later. us a question about that one. Um, <laughs> but you know, virgin, when I was perhaps. a kid in, in Sunday school, and it was like a big deal about who got to play Mary, and no, I'm not bitter at all that I never did. But anyway. <laughs> um, and she wore the light blue, oh, you know, yes. right? And she was Beautiful. very She calm. radiates from the inside. Yeah. She's also right. the only woman in the whole play. Yeah, so <laughs> it's like a, yeah. You're yeah. a sheep, you're, you're a, a sheep. lamb. Yeah. Maybe an angel. Yeah, yeah. An, an angel, yeah. yeah. So, but her story is really pretty remarkable. And the song she sings when the angel invites her to do this, and she's like, all right, um, is a revolutionary song. And it's been used in, you know, revolutionary ways in human history. Why the, don't I the know Magnificat. This? Um, Magnificat. Okay. Yeah, it's in chapter one of Luke. I think it starts at verse 47. And she talks about God lifting up the lowly and casting down the wealthy and mm. and noticing her, you know, who was really of no account in her culture. And it really is a song of complete reversal. And we've turned her into this like nice, sweet little girl. Um, mm-hmm. Although we always, sidebar, we always see her in our nativity scenes as a woman who's like in her mid twenties. Yeah. Right? And she right. was probably 15, 13, 13, 14. Yeah, right. So, right. so anyway. So she was a sweet little girl. <laughs> she, was, she really was. She was little. But. Um, you know, she's also paired with her cousin Elizabeth, who's too old. <laughs> to have babies right. and Mary's too young and so you get these two surprising women Jesus um, treats women much differently than many of the men in his culture all the way to trusting them to be the first preachers of the good news it's women who are entrusted with the story of the resurrection mm. and who are by the but way never true? believed right I was going to say mm. they aren't believed <clears throat> yes. so they see it and the guy has to go run check the tomb yep. and mansplain to and everybody mansplain else about the original the mansplaining the women are hysterical yep. and they're not believed they believed it was a quote idle tale Ugh, I just wow. I hear that every time I see Ooh, you know in our yeah. current day women not being believed so it's an old story <laughs> and yet Jesus gives that task to the women. So anytime that 
which hasn't happened to me a lot, but every once in a while when someone says, you know, you shouldn't be a pastor because you're a woman, I'm like, well, the first evangelists were the women. Mm-hmm. They were the ones who stuck around at the end, and they were the first ones there at the beginning. And Jesus meets a lot of women. He right? does. The mm-hmm. woman at the well, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I don't know, he and the woman crying on his at his tears in the feet, I remember. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I mean, there's just a lot of women yep. that pop yep. up in his There are. And there trials. are women in leadership in the early church in the book of Acts. Sometimes um, in some places, those names over the years have been translated wrong. So they've been turned into men's names. Hmm. And we've discovered by looking back at older manuscripts that, oh, that was a woman's name. Um, but mm. the King James Bible turned it into a man's name. You know, So there's things like that. But you can also see in the pages of the New Testament, especially, that the original kind of egalitarian message of Christianity is even then being pulled at, pulled back by the culture. Mm-hmm. You know, so Paul in an early letter can say, there is not Jew or Greek or slave or free or male or female. We are all one. We are yeah. all together. But by the time you get, you know, 20 years later, they're saying like, oh, but cover, oh, women, cover your heads in church. Don't teach men. Like you yeah. can see even in the Bible, the pull of patriarchy. Does mm-hmm. that mean that that Christianity itself is inescapably patriarchal? I don't think so. But when you have a, a faith tradition that relies on the incarnation of God in a human body, mm-hmm. then you're going to get all the crap that goes with humans. And patriarchy is part of that. Mm-hmm. So... I can't say the patriarchy in the Bible doesn't bother me, but I think it's honest, (laughs) you know? That's true. And it gives me a vision that that's not really what God wants for us. But if it's, okay, so it's honest, but if you're a person who's looking at that and saying, I don't, I want to change. I don't want the old. I want the new. Why would I do Christianity? So maybe is it buried in the theology, you know? Yeah. As opposed to the stories of the Bible, which the Bible is tough because it's all old and you have to interpret it and people interpret it in all different ways. And, you know, if you're if you're feeling like I feel a real spiritual presence within myself, but I can't jive with these stories. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the theology that would bring someone, you know, what's the th- that would bring women in? Well, I do. For me, the theology does come from those stories, but it go it can go beyond that. I mean, I don't think. I don't think the Bible is a thing that's done. I think mm. it's a it's a it's a collection of people's stories of their encounters with God. Some of which are great, and some of which are horrible, and some of which are sort of anywhere in between. Mm-hmm. But I don't think then, like that from the last page, that's it. I mean, I think the Bible is is giving us ways to imagine and look and and process the world we live in too. Mm. So the stories aren't the same, but. Mm-hmm. You know, when you read the whole thing, you see God always moving toward outsiders, always moving toward um, breaking barriers, always moving toward the full dignity of human life for everybody and Mm. created life, not just humans, really, but, you know, Mm. for the purposes of today. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's all kinds of great feminist and womanist writers who reclaimed stories from the Bible and said, look, these are fundamentally woman-centered feminist stories, but we've been told them by men for so long that we haven't even really heard them or learned mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to give up on the Bible. I think it's actually a place where, where women can really find empowerment. Hmm. But we do have to sift through a lot of layers of hmm. um, years of interpretation and misinterpretation and 
mm-hmm. right. of, you know, before we can get there. Now, my, I'm wondering for you personally, when you went in, went into seminary, did was there a, a female in leadership that you saw and you wanted to emulate, or did it feel like a male profession that you were trying out? Like being in a tech company. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. here, but yeah. I don't see anyone like me. You know, I didn't have a, a female pastor growing up. I did have very kind and supportive and encouraging male pastors. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I like when I went to college, I wasn't going to be a pastor. I was going to be a lawyer. So it took me a while to get into this. By then, I did have a female pastor in college who uh, ter- still is one of the best preachers I've ever heard in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that helped me to see, you know, like, wow, I could probably do that. I was never told I couldn't do that. So that's a big difference for me, having mm-hmm. grown up in an era. I mean, I was born in 1973, so all of my life women have been ordained. I was never in a place where I was told you can't do that. It's impossible. Yeah. Right. Um, but you know that phrase, you can't be what you can't see. Right. If there aren't yep. examples of you women in leadership, it. then how do we know we can be women in leadership? There's it's a really harder. interesting study actually out, and I didn't memorize it before this podcast. I'll look <laughs> it up. Uh, that girls who have women in religious leadership in their lives do better in their own academic and social and leadership lives themselves. That that is a really crucial piece. That again, and I think it has to do with representation, right? That yeah. matters for everybody. So yeah, I I can't point and say like, oh, as a kid I had this female pastor, and then I knew. But yeah, you know, later on I did. Yeah, I mean, I uh, my personal journey, of course, was I couldn't and I still, you know, can't accept all the things that are happening in the Roman Catholic Church a lot because I'm a woman. Um, there are great things there, but things I can't accept. And then um, but it wasn't really I wasn't looking for a church necessarily. Like, I think there's this misconception that we all walk around like I'm a girl. I'm a woman. I'm I'm a woman. I must find a woman. And. Isn't it great right. to be a woman? And it's like, I just walk around, right? And yeah. I w- go into a church that I find cool or what I think, you know, jives with me. And uh, I guess it's just kind of this bonus if there <laughs> happens to be a woman there. But not all women are, I jive, don't jive with all women, you know? So That's true. That's true. Yeah. You know, right. it's, yeah. um, we're not all homogeneous, right? But I feel like... Um, I still could come back to Christianity even after all my travels and stuff and and look at the life of Jesus and what Jesus said and how he was reaching out to everybody and he never excluded and even in his time, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the theology around what he preached felt inclusive to me even if nobody was telling me that outright. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that was what kind of allowed me to be part of a a church again within Christianity. How are we doing on time? We were just about at 20 minutes. Oh, my God. See, I told you. Give a preacher a microphone. (laughs) (laughs) I told you it goes fast. So this is a huge topic. Like I said, we've only scratched the surface of this whole thing. Um, Really generic, but um, write to us, challengingchristianitypodcast at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on what we've talked about. Um, what experiences you had growing up, and what do you th- what do you think about women, the church, where we are, where we're heading, and that sort of thing. Thank thanks you for listening. Yeah, thanks.